On today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, we talk once again to my good friend, Skip Lackey, who will give us a ton of information on the journey process, and it is something you do not want to miss. Here we go. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. So I am back with Skip Lackey. Skip, thank you for being here again. I so much enjoyed our first visit. I just had to have you back and pick up where we left off, hopefully. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Doug, and and you. Yeah, couldn't couldn't, couldn't complain if I tried. It was it's been it's been great, lovely summer weather. It's been uh, been good. Fortunately, um, you know, knock on wood, it's been survivable so far. So, yeah, we so, we've had all the smoke from the California fires, but it's oh starting to clear God. up today. We've yeah. had some pretty amazing sunsets. Amazing how much it, it affects even the East Coast. Those. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're not we didn't see the sun for probably 3 or 4 days. It was completely blocked because of smoke. Yes. I mean, you could oh. you could not see uh probably 150 feet away from you it was that bad. And they were telling everybody don't go outside. We've got the worst air quality of anywhere in the in the world right now. Uh, a couple <laughs> days ago. Yeah. <laughs> that covers a lot of territory. So Boulder, Colorado has the worst air quality in the world. We did two days ago, right? Denver did uh, because of the California fires, not because of what's going on here. All the fires no, are pretty not. much out here. Yeah, I yeah. got it. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, um, last time when we were speaking, we kind of left off talking about the journey process. We talked a little bit about your journey coming through New York City and acting and juggling right. Barnum and Bailey and all that sort of thing. And we, we got into uh, the journey process, which you, uh, in a sense, almost helped to create with Brandon Bays. You were there when she went through the original process herself in a little um, point holding session that you guys did. So I actually would like to start there. But today, I also do want to talk to you more about the, the campfire process and uh, the forgiveness process that with, within the journey. And hopefully, we'll have enough time to get, you know, even to what you're doing in 2021, uh, the work sure. now. And because um, that's pretty exciting as well. And I just uh, don't want to give that any short shrift, but we can maybe get you back for a third episode if we uh, can't cover it all today. Yeah, yes, sounds yes. good. Yeah, I think we talked last time. It's going to be the, the Skip Lackey podcast after a while. <laughs> well, there's lots to share. <laughs> so let me just stop and say, um, we we both of us did a thing with Brandon Bays and her husband at the time, Bob Bays, called the um, called Body Electronics. Right. And Body Electronics, just for those who don't know, and I'm, I'm sure that's probably most people because it was pretty um, – pretty small, small niche of people who were doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, but what you needed to do for body electronics is first you needed to prepare for a session of body electronics with um, drinking a lot of chelated colloidal minerals right. uh, that were mined somewhere in Arizona, I think. And then um, 
And then one person would be the point hold E and they would lie on a, on a massage table and then six whatever many people you could assemble, but let's say at least one to six people would hold acupressure points on that person on the table. So they'd sort of sit around the table and everybody would hold assigned acupressure points based on the person's need. And that was assessed by doing um, iridology and various other um, assessments to find out what, what their needs were as far as uh, what they needed to be changed in their body. And, Intense stuff, and those those sessions could last you know four hours or so or more. But we saw amazing changes happen. People would change. Oh my god, it was quite remarkable. And so Brandon was having a situation. I think she had a a ovarian cyst or something like that. Um, She had a um, a uterine a uterine tumor. Okay, and and called you and other people to come to where she lived in in I think Malibu at the time to. Mm -hmm do a point holding for her. Yeah. Because that's what she and, and her husband at the time, Bob really knew that's what they were using. So right. yeah. And she assembled a small team of people. Right. And we all started drinking the minerals, which was like a gallon. I think we had to drink. I, I can't even remember how much it was. It was I, like, I think it was actually different for the person undergoing the point holding. They had to drink like a gallon of the stuff, but the people who were assisting holding points, we only had to drink like, and it was six ounces every hour. So, <laughs> I don't know, but it was a lot. Well, it was for like a week before. Yeah, no, I, I remember. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a big preparation and a big commitment yeah. to to pull together a group of people or a team or friends. And at this time, it, they were her friends, and, and we all sure. volunteered. Or you had to be friends, basically. It was a it was oh. a commitment. It was a friendly, really you know, intense. You couldn't yeah. pay somebody. Well, probably one of the most intense kind of healing experiences I, I had been through up until that point. Yeah. yeah. So in that process with her, when she was holding the points, she got much of what the expected results were through that. And within that process, she had a, something was a little different. You said um, this time that sort of became the journey process from that experience. Is that accurate? Yeah, she had this spontaneous experience on the table with an old memory of some trauma from her childhood that it was some abuse. And uh, and she talks about this in her book uh, to a certain extent. She doesn't go into great detail about it. Okay, but it's entitled The Journey. Uh, during her, yeah, during her seminar, right, The Journey that she's written. And it's sold over a million copies around the world. It's been oh. a, it, it's, it's huge in Europe, in the Commonwealth countries. It got picked up. It's like one of the, the normal books that everybody reads as they're going through their kind of, kind of their awakening experience, so to speak. Wow. And she's, you know, um, very well known um, elsewhere around the world, not so much here in the United States. Um, so, yeah, so she had this experience and then she sat down because three and a half weeks later, her tumor, which was the size of a small basketball. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You know, went away with no drugs and no surgery. She started sloughing off the tumor within, uh, you know, within days of of going through this process. And that experience uh, really sat with her. And she formulated a script that she could do with her personal clients, which mm-hmm. then turned into a workshop and she's taught thousands of practitioners around the world how to do this process. So let me and, just stop which you. Is, yeah. if, if I may, if I could stop you there. So um, 
do you think that it's possible for a person to have that same kind of result without the body electronics component of it? Can the, can the journey create physiological healing like Brandon experienced just through the journey separate from body electronics? Absolutely. And I've seen it happen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And even with my own work, my own private work, I've seen people that would say, oh my gosh, this is a miracle happen without Mm. the body electronics part of it. So I I think that uh, the body electronics uh, at the time, it was, it was so powerful. Right. And, uh, but what I've come to terms with after working with probably gosh, over 25,000 people with uh, doing the workshops and watching it happen on a regular basis. I mean, it happened every weekend that we did workshops. We would have people have spontaneous healing is really in the emptying out of what we we've talked about is, and we'll talk about that today uh, at the campfire process, which Mm is the name that Brandon gave that empty out experience that happened during her, her original session. And then what happened was, as she started doing this empty out process, she discovered and uncovered all these natural forgiveness skills that she would say, have the person's higher self, what would need to happen here in order for you to heal, in order for you to forgive, in order for you to allow your body to let go of whatever the illness was or the uh, situation or the depression, whatever it was. And she found that universally they came up with about six about six things that almost everybody would say this would need to happen. And so she'd facilitate it. And then it turned into what we call the advanced skills uh, with the journey work that, that I taught for years. So those six forgiveness skills ended up being kind of the core. And, and what I think, uh, and I still use those in my, my uh, personal processing with clients today. Wow. Okay. Um, Let me just stop again. I'm sorry. But, yeah. um Again, I'm thinking about people that don't know anything about the journey, and I think there are large numbers of people who don't know anything about the the journey. Um, I've read the book. I've also had a a couple of journey sessions facilitated by by her ex-husband, Bob. Um, And to me, the journey process starts with um, a, a phrase that sort of comes out of body electronics where you lovingly and willingly endure the, the pain of whatever it might be. Um, you don't try to stop it. You don't try to escape from it. You don't try to, you know, you know, make it go away. You just say, okay, I'm opening to this pain. I'm opening to this emotion, whatever it might be. And you just mm-hmm. sort of sink into it, allow it to be and, and fully experience it. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but then you sort of drop down through that and say, what's underneath that pain? And you go to another level and that's kind of begins the, the journey of going through multiple different levels, um, dropping down through each different successive emotion. So for instance, the first emotion might be fear. And okay. so you lovingly and willingly open up to the, to the fear and drop down through the fear. And what's, what's underneath fear is well, um, loneliness. And so you've fully experienced loneliness and then you, you know, open up to that and drop down through the loneliness asking what's, What's beneath that? And you drop through the mm-hmm. loneliness to another level, and it might be, uh, you know, abandonment, or, yeah, thank or you. hurt, or sadness, or yeah. yeah. And then so you keep dropping down through these levels until you get to basically nothingness, and then you mm-hmm. drop down through that, and then you, you know, at some point you drop down through into 
connection with your higher source, connection with God or nature or whatever it might be. Is that a fairly accurate description? Yes, absolutely. So you go down through these levels of emotion and we just, we would ask people to open up into it, feel it fully, whatever it was, and then drop through to what's beneath it. And it was, people would experience it differently. Sometimes it would, they would kind of, it would feel like the emotion or the energy would rise up and they'd get this awareness. Sometimes it felt very visceral and, you know, layers of these huge emotional responses. And right as people were getting to the peak, we'd ask them to drop through to it, to the next one. So we didn't, we didn't stay stuck in the story of it at all. We mm-hmm. stay with the pure amount of the energy, the pain, the hurt, whatever it was, drop through to what's beneath it, drop through to what's beneath that, beneath that, beneath that. And we found that about 90% of people drop through into what we call the unknown zone. You mentioned it, that nothingness. And sometimes the nothingness was this wonderful place of peace, of, 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 of a void of all of that energy, of all those, those contractive emotions. And other times it was this place of the ultimate, um, it, it's almost like it's the gatekeeper to connection with, with your spirit and your soul where people will go, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, it's nothing. It's, it's, it's this void. It's, it's the black hole. It's, ah, and it would, it would just ramp up. And it's, we, we ended up writing this into the script where as people would get to that place, we'd say, listen, you're right on the threshold to your connection with, 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 you know, the universe, let yourself go into that. And it was so scary. We had to create a bunch of little sub skills to get people, uh, to just uh, allow themselves to feel it. When they did, they went from all this contractive emotion to this expansive place of feeling some peace. And then we'd say, go right into the core of that. Then they would feel, uh, you know, freedom, go into the core of that. Then what would you feel? Love. And then they would get to this place. They would lose the confine of their, of their become connected it was it was a oneness experience is what it was and they would become connected with everything and from that place when you can trust that part of your being to then offer up these pearls of wisdom they're there for everybody it's you almost become your own you know in terms of uh you become your own mentor your own higher self your own your own guru at that point because the wisdom of the universe is inside of every single one of us. It's, it's, it's stunning. Yeah. yeah. And I, when I say that, I don't mean, I'm talking about, I've watched little kids do this six and seven year olds that when they open into this place and they're sobbing of connection with, with the universe. And then you ask them for wisdom. And when it pours out of it, you can't see this right now, but I've got goosebumps <laughs> remembering process work where I've sobbed with little children as they recognize themselves as being part of everything. And it's, it's yeah. the most divine experience as a practitioner to be able to take people through that process. It's, it's phenomenal. And so from that place, then we go back through the layers of all the emotion and go back to where the root core of the pain was. Right. So you go back step by step by step by step by step, each of the different layers Clearing you go back it. through. Yeah. And, and, and you ask, what wisdom does, you know, source have to pain? What does source does wisdom have to loneliness? What sort right? Is that correct? Yes. And, and the things that are said out of these people's mouths are 
it's, it's unbelievable. And, and there's a clearing that happens because again, like you said, you're not trying to do anything other than open up into it and let the wisdom wash through it. Mm. And it gets obliterated and cleared at a cellular level by the opening into it and then allowing the wisdom to speak to say, well, this was here for a reason. Right, right, right. You know, and, and the wisdom is incredible that comes out of people. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of the, the great point that it's there for a reason. This, this fear, this loneliness, those different levels that you drop down. Yeah. Yeah. And if you open up to it and let wisdom speak to it from the source, it, it, it changes, it, it uh, evolves, it does what it needs to do in order to, um, you know, move on. You remove the stuckness. That's the, the removing of what had been stuck previously. Now, in that journey, along the way somewhere, there is a, a campfire process that takes place. Often, at least, is it often? Is it always? Always. Okay. Always with so, the journey, there's a campfire so, process. So this is, this is where I get confused. Where, where does that campfire process take place? Tell, tell me about that. Okay, so as you go down through the levels of the different emotions, especially at the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, you're asking a question, uh, is anybody's face or any people associated with this emotion? And sometimes it's no, and then you just keep asking the question. And then at the first point where somebody says, yes, my mother showed up, my father's here, my my ex-husband or my ex-wife is here, or... Uh, a childhood friend or my third grade class showed up, mm. right? They get this sense or knowing that there's a person or a group of people that are associated with it. This is on the first part when you're journeying down through. The- As you're saying, yep. You're feeling that say, say for instance, you started with fear, you know, open right. up into the fear, feel, feel it fully, let it all come. And are any people or pictures associated with this? I got gotcha. you. And if they say yes, then you say, well, what is it? And you write that down as you're going down through the levels. And if they don't say anything, then you just go, okay, no problem. What's the next one? And then you ask the question again. And as soon as somebody does show up, you stop asking that question. And that's the that's the a level that you have the campfire process. So when you come back up after having gone yes. to store, you come back up. And that when you get to that level, then you say, hey, you guys that were here, third grade class, whatever it is. Let's let's meet around a campfire and have a chat. Exactly. Right. And and then what you're doing is you're setting up a place in in the core, whatever the pain was, whatever the root emotion. And, you know, one of the things that we didn't specify at the beginning of talking about the journey is there are two processes. There's one called the emotional journey and one called the physical journey. And we're talking about the emotional journey right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So the emotional journey and everything's emotional, even when there's a physical issue, it's all emotional, Mm. but the emotional journey takes we all do first clients. um, And you learn how to combine it all. Can I just stop you, stop you real Um, quick. Stop sure, sure, um, sure. It broke up there a little bit. Could you go back to what you were starting to say about the emotional journey? Yeah, I said, right. So there's the emotional and the physical journey, even though everything's emotional. Yeah. It's all based on emotions. The emotional journey takes you down through the levels of the emotion to get in touch with source. And you wash back through as you get to the one where you have started, where someone showed up. That's where you're having the empty out process with the campfire. Okay. The physical journey 
actually is once you've done this experience and you've been able to contact your source that won this experience, then that lasts forever, right? That's something that then people can then trust their body, trust their mind, trust their spirit, trust their soul, trust their wisdom. And then we guide with the physical journey, we guide people through a different experience, which might have to be a different show, where we're talking about <laughs> going inside the body to a specific cell memory to be able to clear that cell memory. So that's what we call the physical journey. You, it's all emotion. What? You're doing what? You're going to us. What? What did you just say? <laughs> I said we travel inside the body. I know this is a little weird. We have this guided imagery where we reconnect people to their source. We uh, get them to envision a mentor, kind of like, uh, I don't know if anybody did Silva Mind Control. I did that, God, when I was 11 back in the early 70s. I remember you saying so. Yeah, I did it when I was 17, yeah. but that's amazing. But yeah. um, so you get a mentor like Silva? Get a mentor kind of like Silva. And then you go into this place where you travel inside the body where there's a cell memory store. So this is a, a guided imagery sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you literally are imagining yourself getting inside like a space shuttle. And kids love this. We've done this with hundreds of thousands of children and they go through it like, you know, uh, amazingly. Um, and adults do it too. I mean, universally, everybody does Okay, so it's a guided imagery to a, a cell memory? A cellular memory, right? You get, you, you, I mean, that, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get into the minutia of the physical journey if we're not careful. Let's, let's okay. stick with the, the emotional journey right now. Okay, okay, so yeah, okay, we'll do another episode. Okay, okay, we'll do another episode. <laughs> okay, um, so with the, let's go back to the emotional journey. So you've traveled down through, you've connected with source, you're washing back through and washing through all the layers of the emotion. You get to the one where the campfire process is the one that was starred where somebody came through. Okay. And if somebody doesn't come, come up going down through the levels, which happens every once in a great while, you just go to the one where they had the biggest emotional um, response Okay, that you as the practitioner are intuiting that, that's the one where they had the biggest emotional response. So you're coming up through these levels, you get to the level where the people were associated or some people were, then you sort of take a break through the process of going through the levels and you step out of the process for a moment and you visualize a campfire where, because it's a nice sort of informal setting, people are invited in to, to be with you in this campfire. Yeah. Everybody kind of, um, you know, has a good experience of maybe being camping and sitting around the campfire and being able to talk. So you invite the people that were in that memory as they were going down through the levels. And then you say, who else needs to show up? Okay. And then other people will start showing up at this imaginary campfire that you're placing at this level of emotion. And then you say, who is it that the younger you needs to speak to to clear the core memory of this pain? Hmm. So someone will step forward in their, in their mind's eye and the younger you can be any part of you, it can be any part of you other than an hour ago or a few minutes ago, all the way back. And I've had people, you know, be babies in the womb. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that little younger you, then uh, we go through this process of this empty out process of speaking to the, to the person that caused them the pain. 
And so the power of this, which is to me is where the real healing is coming from, is it, it's, it gives that opportunity for everything that wasn't said at the time to be said. Mm. And the gestalt-like experience, right? You're going back and forth and you're saying what else needs to be said, what really needs to be said. And you're having the person speak from that little, well, however old they were. Right, right, right. right. And then you say, and then he's emptied out, you say, well, now I want you to step inside the consciousness of the other person. And what would they say in response? Okay, good. So it's almost like you have them be in their body right. and speak first person back to the younger you about what they would say in response to what the younger you would said to them. Gotcha. Then you say, what else, what else, what else? And then we keep going back and forth between the younger you and that person until everything that needed to be said. And then uh, we do these uh, forgiveness processes, as I was telling you. And then we have that same empty out with the present day you, the you now, to make sure that there's completion. That sounds intense. And I I remember it being intense, actually, when I did it with Bob a couple of times. Um, It is intense. Yeah. And you mentioned the forgiveness process. Um, Tell me more about that. So what what we've experienced and what I've specifically experienced that just about every single person comes to a point, especially if it's a real core memory and there was some extreme pain. Um, where say mom or dad did some things. And like, for me, I I would say probably the first, I know this sounds like a lot, probably the first 50 journey processes that I did during my life, um, all were with my father because I had some real, you know, I had a a bit of a tough childhood and I had a bunch of issues with my dad, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, um, I needed to resolve, um, And so my father would keep coming up at the campfire and the little younger, you would empty out a specific, you know, pain from a story that I was holding on to. And he would speak back and then you would say, well, what would the best part of him say? But sometimes it wasn't like he wouldn't say, Hey, I'm sorry. And what we found is that pretty much until you can't, that person, that younger, you can forgive that person from the bottom of their heart, that the physical and emotional healing does not quite take place. And they, even though there's a clearing, the story stays stuck in them. Mm. And so at so often with, you know, like I find uh, in different therapeutic practices, somebody will say, well, gosh, this is the same story that I've been, you know, that I'm familiar with. And I've emptied this out. I've talked about it in therapy and blah, 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 you know, and they're like, why is this coming up again? It's because, and I say, it's because you didn't empty it out at the cellular level. And there wasn't that deep soul felt forgiveness that you were done with the story. There wasn't completion. You came to an understanding. You came to an awareness. You cleared aspects of that. You know, you've spoken to people that don't believe in forgiveness, right? right? They go, I don't believe in forgiveness. Everything happens for reason and a purpose. My experience is that until somebody forgives on that deepest level, it's really difficult for them to be fully done with the pain and with the story. So one of the things is, and and when I say forgiveness, I'm talking about um, traumatic abuse, uh, sexual abuse, uh, physical, verbal, mental, um, 
uh, things that have caused post-traumatic stress. Um, oh my gosh, any number of things, things that were said and, and, and everybody's perspective on, on how deep that level of forgiveness has to go is different. Yeah. But for the really difficult cases, we would say to people, well, what would your higher self say needs to happen? You know, we would bring down this mentor, which was their higher self that mm-hmm. they could associate with because it's hard for them to think that they have all that wisdom. Right. So we would say if there was a, a mentor, a guide, a, a spirit, a presence, a guardian angel that could speak to you and tell you what you need to hear at that time, what would it be? Now, it's their higher self right. that's speaking. So the process would be we'd stand that younger you up in front of them. And I found that there are basically a handful of things that need to happen for. for and and I, I can say this out of probably 25,000 people that I facilitated through either in groups or in person, I maybe have not been able to get four or five people to forgive. And I mean, things that, that have happened that I wouldn't even repeat because they're so horrendous, um, in, including a lot of, uh, you know, veterans that have had, you know, these experiences that where they were traumatized. Um, and what that is, is the younger you needs to know that that other person had a full experience and fully understands how connections cause the other person, the younger you. So, and what I mean by that is like, we say, does that person, whoever it is, say your dad, know Mm -hmm. how much pain their actions caused the younger you. Right. 98% of the time they say, no, they don't know that. So you say, have that younger you, uh, have the, have the person, step inside the body of the younger you and soak up all the pain to get an idea of how much pain they were feeling at, you were feeling at the time. And when they've had as much of it as they can take, they'll step back out. And then what would they say to the younger you? Mm-hmm. Wow. What that does is that facilitates the younger you and the person who's the client being able to recognize, Oh, wow. Because the person inevitably every time steps out and says, holy crap, I had no idea when I said that or did that, how much it hurt you. And they say, I'm so sorry, right? That's what happens in the, in this gestalt empty out process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't happen, and sometimes it doesn't, you say, does that little younger, you have any idea how much pain, for instance, your father was in at the time, step inside your father and feel the pain that he was feeling. So then when that person energetically steps inside, they go, oh, my God, my dad was, you know, scared to death. He was just he was enraged. He was hurt. And it's almost like psychically they can feel what the pain that's been passed down generationally from, you know, from that person. And then then what you do is you say, go another level deeper. What's underneath that? What's underneath that? And what we just like a drop through that we were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah. What we, yeah, what we find is that almost the same levels of pain that you're feeling, right? The client's feeling, the person at the campfire, it's almost identical. Wow, amazing. Yeah, and then we say now step inside the best part of them, inside of their source, inside of their soul, the best part of them and look out of their eyes at that little younger you standing in front of them. What are they feeling as they look at you? And especially if it's parent, 
they go, oh, my God, there's so much love. They just didn't know how to tell me. You tell them to step back in their own body, open up a window in their chest and let a lifetime of that love that they never received come pouring in. Now, if it's a family member or a parent or, you know, a a partner or loved one, that experience is life transformation Mm. because they get to fill themselves up with all of that love that they wanted and never received. So it feels like there's a level of completion there. And then the next um, skill that we do is we say, have that little younger you that experienced all that pain and there's residue there, have their mentor step inside them and imagine the little younger you is holding out a wooden box and allow them to wash out all the residue of all the, the existing pain in their mind, their heart, their body, or pull out if it's a physical issue, pull out everything that needs to be healed so the body can heal itself naturally. And we call this the uh, sweep clean, or it might be hosing you down, washing you out. I literally will tell clients to imagine that they're pulling out these big hunks of emotion and putting it in the box, the box getting heavy or fuller. So you're, you're doing submodalities to get them to recognize that there's an empty out happening. Mm-hmm. And then you say, when that mentor, that guide, that guardian angel is finished and you're completely clean and washed clean, let them step back out and let me know when that happens. So you give them all the time that they need. Then the younger you puts a lid on the box, ties it up with a ribbon, throws it onto the campfire of unconditional love and acceptance and lets it obliterate. And so that they're Mm. letting go of all the old pain in the story. Right. So it's basically an NLP process, right? An empty out. In, in uh, essence, yeah. you know, and then, okay. oh, wow. keep going. Yeah. yeah and, and then we do a, a, a cord cut, an energetic, a legacy cord cut that we say, see the little younger you with a, almost like an umbilical cord stretched between you and that person where that story has been uh, proliferated. It continues. And when you're ready, cut that cord sending their source back to them and your source back to you so that you can be free. So, um, and what happens, the only time I ever find is say it's a, a parent and they go, well, I don't want a connection with my mom or my dad. And we're like, no, it's not the good things that we're letting go of and cutting that connection. It's the old story of pain that's been keeping us stuck. And um, that once we, cut that, we can be free. What's the look on their face when you free them? And they see this experience of the person across of them smiling or surprised or shocked or thrilled that they, that you cut that cord. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then you go back and say, is there anything else that needs to be said? So this is a very, it takes a while, but it's a very thorough empty out process. And then you do it with the present day you. And it, and it goes much quicker. With the younger you, it, it, it takes a while. And you repeat that with the uh, present day you. Wow. It's, yeah. And then you do an integration where you get the, the younger you to step back in once, once they're they, – I take that back. There's a, a step that I'm missing. And then you're saying we have a very specific forgiveness phrase in the journey where you ask, is that younger you, knowing that that person caused you all of this pain – and um, are you willing to completely and utterly forgive them from the bottom of your heart? 
And when the person says yes, you say, say the words, I forgive you, because it has a resonance in the body. And oftentimes what I'll do is I'll say, would that person be willing to forgive you? Especially if it's a parent, because there's situations that happen between the two of you. And I do that with the younger you and the present day you to make sure that forgiveness is going in all directions. And there's a level of completion with clients that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it's like um, I recently had a client whose sister had been killed 35 years before, uh, had been murdered. And uh, there was a podcast, one of those crime podcasts that was coming up. Mm-hmm. And all of this emotion, and, the, and, and this was a friend of mine, she couldn't sleep. And I remember when her sister got killed. And she was like, I'm a wreck. I don't know. And I got in and did this with her and her sister, you know, and it, it cleared that 35 years of pain in one session. One session that lasted how long? Three hours, three and a half hours yeah. now. And that's the work that I'm doing now with this life quake recovery of people that have gone through these major stack ups. You know, I call it a, a life quake pileup of, major life transition events that are like the loss of a loved one that they're grieving or they've been fired or they have an illness or, um, you know, they had a financial uh, travesty or something where these experiences pile up and it's hard for them to clear on their own. And we go go in and do a series of three of these sessions to do a great big cleanup over about a month period. So it's one week, one week, one week. And by the end of the month, uh, you know, even people that have never done any kind of this work before, it's incredibly uh, life-changing for them. Big, big clear-ups. So were there five steps, six steps of the forgiveness process? There were, let me see, I talked about the inside. We call it the inside-outside where the person steps inside the body of the person across from them. Then they Mm -hmm. step back out. What would they say? Right. And then the outside inside, that's where the person uh, that has caused the pain goes in, feels it, steps back out. Then there's the sweep clean, which is the clearing everything out, putting it in the box and then burning it up. There's the cord cut, two, three, four, the the energy tie, the legacy, Mm -hmm. uh, legacy of pain, whatever name. There's different names depending on the situation. And then we do a change memory process, a classic change memory. You mean a change history? Uh, yeah. Well, we'll go back in and, and say, uh, and just um, see the, the memory changing. Obviously, it doesn't change what happened, but it changes their, um, their representation internally of what happened. Mm-hmm. That's just an extra little added thing. And then every once in a while, we, we, um, we do two more things. One is, and I use pretty much every time I'll say, ask the mentor, why did all this happen? So it, and what did you need to learn? So it never has to happen again. We call that the karma mentor. What's the karma that you've learned from this experience? And then the other one is sometimes in a process, and Brandon had added it in as one of the uh, skills. And I know this is going to sound kind of strange, but you know, I've done a ton of work with um, sexual abuse clients, and we're always able to get the forgiveness to happen. And every once in a while, you'll say, "If that person was 
serving a purpose so that you could learn a lesson, can you give them an award for playing their part in this cosmos, you know, this kind of story, this cosmic experience so that you could learn whatever this lesson was? Now, it's hard when it's sexual abuse to say, hey, you know, you did this so I could learn this lesson. But there are other times when that might be appropriate, where either the younger you gets this little award for doing what they needed to do at the time or the other person. So we call it the Academy Award. So it's almost like you're receiving an award or you're giving an award to the other person for playing their part. And I'll, and I'll put it in a context. Mm. Personally, one of the experiences that I had, um, I had a ninth grade teacher, a math teacher, that this came up for me. And he had told me that I was stupid and that I would never graduate from college. And I was at an all-boys Catholic prep school uh, where I grew up in Arkansas. And so it devastated me about, I'm thinking, I really believed him and thought I was incapable of doing math. So when it was time to go to college, for those people that listened to the last episode, where did I go to school? (laughs) Clown college. You don't need any math at clown college. And I went into acting because on some level unconsciously, and I didn't even realize this, I believed that I wouldn't be able to pass math classes in college. Mm. And I just struggled. And I had a crappy teacher who, who basically berated me, which is what everybody got berated when they were younger. But I took it to heart, carried it, didn't realize it unconscious. Years later, I bring him to the campfire. And then, I, and then it, it's like, well, what's the lesson? And my mentor says, you need to thank him and give him an award because if he hadn't have said that to you, you probably would have gone into business. You would have gone to business school with your father. And right now what you're doing is you went to clown college, you went to acting school, which drove you to New York and LA, which allowed you to work with all, you know, learn the NLP and, you know, all the different skills. And now what are you doing? You're standing on stage and helping people wake up to their authentic self and clear that pain because this man pushed you in a direction all those years ago that you weren't, you didn't even realize. And that was my higher self giving me that, that ultimate karmic awareness. Hmm. And when it was, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to thank him for saying that to me at the time, no matter how hurtful it was so that I can own who I am today. Does that, does that make sense? No. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very, it's a powerful tool in certain circumstances, not at all. So it's the inside, outside, stepping in, feeling the pain of the other person going down through the levels, stepping back out, opening up a window in your chest, the outside, inside, which allows the person at the campfire to step inside the younger you, feel the pain. They step back out and speak first because if the younger you speaks first, they'll go, see, you hurt me, you know, because they haven't forgiven yet. The sweep clean, let the mentor, the guardian angel go in, sweep you clean, hose out everything. The cord cut, the energetic cord of the story that's been passing between you cut. Then the karma mentor, which you get to understand why it happened so it never happens again. And then in certain circumstances, the Academy Award, where that person played their part so that you could be who you are today or learn what you needed to learn so right. that you, you, know, you are where you are. And also the, the speaking of I forgive you. Oh, and and then the forgiveness on top of it, along with the emptying out. And then what we find if something, if if we say, can you forgive? And they say, no, 
at the simplest level that that just means something was not said at the campfire. Right. So we go back and say, well, what needs to be said for forgiveness to happen? Right. 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 And that facilitates it in probably 97% of, of all sessions that you would do without having to do necessarily all the other stuff. But, but I find that when all of those other skills are done, their association to that past pain is just finished. It's very thorough. Well, Skip, I know you've we've been on this call for quite some time already, and I still have more questions. So, yeah, <laughs> would you be willing to come back and do another episode, Skip? Doug? This is you know I love being able to share this because these skills um, that are I want to say battle tested they work. Yeah, and I wish more people really knew them at that core level. Well, so let me, sure, I'm. Let, let me yeah. ask you. Let me ask you because it's it's um, it's 2021, and you haven't taught the journey process for how many years now? Gosh, probably I stopped, and then I went back for a while. So probably five years. I haven't taught the journey process. Okay. Yeah, I and, I mean I do the work with clients, but I right. haven't taught it publicly. Right. So, um, and now you're doing the life quake things and other things that are probably related and, and bringing things out, from, I'm assuming. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, one of the questions that I have is, is why don't you teach it anymore? I mean, what, what has changed for you in this journey with the journey does seem quite remarkable. And, wow, yeah, um, as, I, as you're telling me about it, I'm remembering my my journey process with Bob and going, Oh, I remember when I did that with, and it was, just, it was it's amazing. It's amazing work. And I can see yeah. why it takes three, four hours, you know, per session. And I can see also last time you said that a lot of times people come to you from a distance, they'll come to Boulder from wherever. And so you'll just clear the day and you do a morning session and an afternoon session. And then you, you know, tell them, you know, whatever you do, don't plan on doing anything tonight, just get some sleep. Right. Cause if people are sometimes wiped out to the point where they're letting go of so much, their body yeah. starts to detox and they have, yeah. you know, they're exhausted. Um, I've, I've had people had flu like symptoms, uh, especially if they're doing uh, cancer or some kind of a physical issue that they're having to deal with uh, um, on a physical level. And I'll have, I'll have couples come and work with couples that have had a lot of pain uh, between the two of them. And I'll work with the husband on one day, the wife on another, and then I'll, I'll work with the two people for the full day together. Um, You know, so yeah. And so what I've been doing for the last five years um, and longer actually, is I downloaded kind of in a meditation this awareness of what makes people tick. And I I call it the touchstone, which is a 16-step model of of how people move through life. And I look at life as this big nonlinear experience. It's like we're all over the place. Sometimes it's messy, but it's almost like a big ball of yarn that your experience goes all over the place. But you can't really pull it apart, analyze it and see it. So what I've done is I've made, I pulled it apart with this touchstone, made it this 16 step linear model of how we should develop and the skills that are necessary for a really healthy, full, whole development as a human being and where the pitfalls are 
and where the ticking time bombs have been created and where we need to go back in and remove those blocks and limitations uh, with things that have happened to us in our past, especially our childhood. And, and then I use the journey skills. I use the Enneagram. I talk about attachment theory uh, in relationships. Um, we, we do, there's a whole section. Big part of it really is about um, recognizing that we're all facing our mortality and we're going to, we're not going to be here forever and uh, embracing that wow. and learning how to embrace death to be able to live fully And so this model that I've created, I'm literally just releasing. I've been working on it for on and off for 10 years, and it is in uh, the LifeQuake model. So um, So let me uh, just stop you there because that's a good little cliffhanger to leave you on, and we will have you back sometime for (laughs) for episode three of the Skip Latin podcast. (laughs) Sounds great, Doug. This is always a joy yeah, uh, you know, to be able to talk and to just you, let me you, just you say, are a master. You are a master, my friend. Oh, oh, yes, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let me just say, thank God you sucked at math. You know, that's all I could say. <laughs> yeah. <God>. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, bad math teacher. <laughs> uh, well, and the interesting thing about it, years later, I was in film school in my mid thirties, and I, I said we were we were learning uh, aperture openings and all that, and it required you know algebraic equations. And I told the the, um, the professor, the teacher of the cinematography class, I said, "Look, I'm not really great at math, so I might need to ask you a bunch of questions." and he said to me, he said, Skip, you, you set the curve in the class. You're the bright, you know, you've scored the best score of any student of 44 classes that we've ever had come through here. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and that was what made me, facilitated me to, to go back during a journey process and actually do that work with, uh, with my math teacher because I, I was like, okay, something's, something's not jiving here. And I didn't understand what it was. And that was when my higher self went, oh, Nice. That's what this is for. Yeah. So it's amazing the wisdom that that we all, you know, maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time, thank you so much for today. I appreciate that. Absolutely, my friend. That's so much. It's so, so wonderful. Thank you. Look forward to the next one. This has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Central Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com. Thanks. Thanks.